It's draft week, and I'm setting the scene for you today in what is poised to be a historic week for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Plus, they also got another transfer on the hardwood. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Bearcats. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you on this Monday, April 25th, 2022. Don't forget if you're watching on the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel to subscribe and you can like and share a comment on this video. If you're downloading from any audio platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, don't forget to like, share a comment, and give it a rating because all of that Helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. It is draft week. It is going to be a historic week for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Up to nine players potentially going to hear their name called from th- between Thursday. I'm sorry, from Thursday through Saturday. The first round on Thursday. Two players you could hear on Thursday. If not Thursday, you'll definitely hear another one on or multiple, rather, on Friday. And then Saturday is probably going to be the day you hear the most. But for sure on Thursday, you will hear Sauce Gardner's name called in the top 10, perhaps the top 5. I don't know where he's going to go. I can predict where I think he's going to go. But the thing about this year's draft is it's unpredictable. So much so that... Sauce Gardner may not be the first cornerback taken off the board. Good Morning Football on NFL Network did a mock draft last week, and Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU was taken off the board before Sauce Gardner. Ooh, that rubbed me the wrong way. Because, damn it, Sauce Gardner is the best cornerback in this year's draft, and it ain't even close. Derek Stingley Jr. has missed 12 games over the last two years. Why should he be taken off the board before Sauce Gardner? I don't care if Derek Stingley Jr. played at DBU, a.k.a. LSU. Sauce Gardner did not allow a touchdown in three years. Sauce Gardner did not allow a reception of 20 yards last year. That's a, that's a fact. Let me repeat that. Sauce Gardner did not allow a 20-yard reception last year. And he's not the best cornerback in the draft? According to Good Morning Football? Which is one of my favorite shows? Sports shows? What? Sauce Gardner has gotten way more notoriety over the last two years. Because Cincinnati has been a great story. This group of five program that just five years ago, was in the depths of irrelevancy in college football. And now they're in the college football playoff, and they have this uberly talented team that's going to have nine players potentially drafted this weekend going to the NFL. They're going to be signing, you know, professional contracts to play football. You're going to have Sauce Gardner, who's going to be an immediate starter to wherever he goes. Desmond Ritter might be a week one starter. 
That's Cincinnati. And when a program like that, that has won 10 or more games, three of the last four years, 13 games last year, of course you're going to get more notoriety than LSU. Even if Stingley Jr. had played, LSU was not that good the last two years. Yes, he was great in 2019. He had six interceptions, 21 passes defended. He was their leading punt returner. I understand all of that. I also understand that Sauce Gardner is probably not going to go his entire NFL career without giving up a touchdown. The NFL is a much different game than college. And I am going to knock on the American Athletic Conference here because Sauce Gardner has not faced top-notch competition every single week. Now, when he faced Jamison Williams, he was spectacular. When he, in the Notre Dame game, he was spectacular. In big games, he has risen to the occasion. I will not deny that. That was eminent immediately in his freshman season against UCF. Which, by the way, if you have not listened to it yet, after you listen to this podcast, of course, go check out Dave Lapham's podcast, In the Trenches. He had Luke Fickle on this past weekend, and Luke Fickle told a great story about Sauce Gardner, how when he came in, he didn't think that he could start or that he was good enough to start. And then after the UCF game, he's like, he'll tell you the story of how he was wrong. It's a really good interview. It's worth your time after you listen to this podcast. Sauce Gardner is going to make an, is going to make a huge impact to whichever team he goes to. He is without question the best cornerback in this year's draft. Even though he's he might give up a touchdown in the NFL, it does not change where he ranks. The NFL is a much faster game than college. Sauce Gardner also didn't face top-notch competition, like I mentioned, every week. Most of his games came against American Athletic Conference teams. Now, against Memphis in his freshman season, he was really good. He had an interception in that game. He was really good against Memphis his sophomore season. And then this past season against Houston, tremendous. I mean, you, it's like you didn't even know he was on the field at times because teams never threw his way. That's how dominant he is. Now, what I hope happens is you hear his name in the NFL because teams are are throwing at him, but he's just not giving up any big plays. But in what world is Derek Stingley Jr. a better cornerback than Sauce Gardner? There, there should not be. That's the first I've heard, the first mock draft I've heard or read that Stingley was taken ahead of Sauce Gardner. And by the way, if it does happen, which, spoiler alert, if I haven't said it already, it won't. If it were to happen, though, Sauce Gardner is going to take that personally. Let's not forget Sauce Gardner already has overcome being the sixth cornerback on the Bearcats' depth chart. It's not like he was blessed with greatness from the beginning. He had to work his way into the starting lineup, and he did. And once he got in that starting lineup, he never looked back. He only got better and better and better, working all the way up to being a first-round draft pick. Truly remarkable. And truly remarkable this weekend for Cincinnati. I talked about setting the scene for you at the outset when I told you nine players could be drafted this weekend. And the historic level that this weekend's going to be for the University of Cincinnati. 
When you consider that the Bearcats have not had a first-round draft pick in 51 years, you look at Dane Brugler's top 100 in the Beast. Five Bearcats are listed. That's more than Alabama. Let me repeat. There are more Bearcats in Dane Brugler's top 100 in the Beast, his annual draft guide. There are more Bearcats listed in the top 100 than Alabama players. Realize how special last year's team was. It's special because of all they accomplished. They won at Notre Dame. They went undefeated. They won the conference championship at home for the second straight year. They won a spot in the college football playoff. They played against Alabama, and they played them tough. But what what might be most special about this team is you can look back on it and realize how talented this team was. When you look at potentially two first-round draft picks and nine total, that might be this team's greatest accomplishment. When you talk about sending players to the next level, this is, you know, we look at Georgia, and they're probably going to have five players drafted in the first round. And you look at all these other schools over the years that celebrate dominant draft classes, really good elite draft classes. Cincinnati can now celebrate that. And that might be what Luke Fickle's striving to have as far as sustainability is concerned for the next however many years he's still in Cincinnati. So enjoy this, Bearcats fans. Because we haven't seen this in 51 years. And it may be just the beginning now that it's happening again for the first time since 1971. And the hope is, and I think it's going to happen, that Sauce Gardner will be the first quarterback, corner, excuse me, taken off the board. And I'll say this, one final point, as I look back at my notes. Remember that debate between Joe Burrow and Tua? I talk about Derek Stingley, he's been hurt the last two years. He hasn't even been on the field. Remember that debate between Burrow and Tua? Should the Bengals take Tua, tank for Tua? Should they get Burrow? Yeah, I wanted Joe Burrow when Tua's ankle was injured. That was before his hip injury. I wanted Burrow when Tua's ankle was hurt. I'll put it to you that way. Coming up, um, which player after Ritter and Gardner is going to make the biggest impact in the NFL? Because this draft is, again... For the Bearcats, beyond uh, Gardner and Ritter. I'll explain next, but first, I need to tell you about Built Bar because this is that time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. Not this year, though. I'm sticking to it and eating right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? Well, if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars, Puffs. Are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Oh, that sounds so good. These are going to be your new favorite. 
including the puffs, all built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And there's another product that um, has to do with your health. Our next one, um, next partner rather, has a product I use literally every day. And I started taking AG1 because I wanted better health. I wanted more energy. I wanted a bit, I wanted, um, I hated rather taking pills and vitamins. I really don't, by the way. Um, what is this stuff? It's athletic greens. Uh, one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adapto greens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Here's some facts. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. Now time for a big announcement. For the first time ever, Locked On is hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from, your lo- from our local team experts and draft gurus. Tune in all three days as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It all starts on Thursday, April 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern time, available on Locked on NFL on YouTube and the Odyssey app. I have the pleasure of joining the coverage on Saturday. I will be posted up at my, or rather, my mom's house in Charleston, South Carolina. It's really our house, but she's she's responsible for it. She made it possible. She's renting it. It's a great house. Um, looking forward to that. So I'll be in a nice location looking forward to talking football and just maybe I'll have a cold one by me. Uh, anyway, cause I will be by the pool. Uh, hopefully if the Wi-Fi is working in the clubhouse, uh, excuse me. Um, so we know sauce garden is going to make a high impact. We know Desmond Ritter is going to make a high impact, but what Bearcat after those two players is going to make the highest impact in the NFL. There are seven players that we can look at. But spoiler alert, I think Alec Pierce is going to make the highest impact on the offensive side. And I'm going to go with Kobe Bryant on the defensive side. But that's a tough call. You have Alec Pierce and Jerome Ford on offense. Then you got five defensive players. You have Myjay Sanders, Darian Beavers, Kobe Bryant, I didn't even jot down Curtis Brooks. I, I, that's wrong of me because Curtis Brooks 
Should have been the combine invite, as Luke Fickle says. And he's and he might get his name called within the seven-round NFL draft. My notes, my Jay Sanders can add depth to any team's edge rushing. Curtis Brooks, disruptive force up the middle, can get to the quarterback. Darian Beavers, nose for the football linebacker, causes turnovers. Kobe Bryant, ball magnet, strong in coverage. Brian Cook, think Troy Palomalu. Yes, I just mentioned a Steelers player on a Cincinnati team podcast. Can play in coverage and blitz. My nose for offense, Alec Pierce, can play as a slot or deep receiver. Jerome Ford, power back for third down situations, can be the lead running back if placed in the right situation. But as far as what what or what or players can make the highest impact, give me Alec Pierce on offense. You look at the way the NFL is today. It is a pass-first explosive offense league. The more receivers you have to work with, and the Bengals got it right last year when they drafted Jamar Chase, the Chiefs are going to target a wide receiver this year because, first off, they have to. They just lost Tyree Kill. The way the NFL is designed today, if you don't have an explosive playmaker at receiver, you're probably not going to go very far. You can get to the playoffs with an off- with an offense that is driven in the trenches, that is driven by your run game. Philadelphia and Baltimore have proven that. But you can't win in the playoffs if you don't have that explosive playmaker wide receiver. The Bengals had one in Jamar Chase. They have one in T. Higgins. The Chiefs for years had one with Tyreek Hill. They also had Miko Hardman. They also had Sammy Watkins on their Super Bowl championship team. Alec Pierce can be that guy. Would it shock me if he went to Kansas City? No. I think he'd be a great fit in Kansas City. The thing about Alec Pierce is, is he can play both in the slot and he can run the deep routes. The criticisms on Alec Pierce are that he doesn't have a, a, an expansive route tree. Route tree, excuse me. But that shouldn't matter. Because he can make any catch. Look at his senior year highlights. Look at the touchdown he had against Indiana. Look at the touchdown he had against Houston in the championship game. Look at any other ball that he has high-pointed in his career. Look at the Memphis game in 2020. Look at his performance against Tulsa in the championship game that year in 2020. And this guy can catch anything thrown his way. Look at the touchdown he had against Georgia in the Peach Bowl. This This is a receiver that is going to be very good, I believe, in the National Football League. He is a big-bodied receiver. He's physical. He can leap at the point of attack. I'm sorry, that, that made no sense. He can leap. He can high-point the ball. And he is a versatile receiver. He is bigger than you think. He can be a tremendous asset to any team. He can block. He can also run. You can throw a deep ball to him. There are multiple things you can do as an offense with Alec Pierce. You can't have enough wide receivers in this league. Enough playmakers. I mean, if the Bengals took Alec Pierce, I wouldn't be disappointed because he could be a depth piece to the wide receiver position. Because what if something happened to Tyler Boyd? What if something happened, heaven forbid, to Jamar Chase or T. Higgins? Just plug and play Alec Pierce. And having played in Cincinnati, I, I mean... It'd be seamless transition. Just go down the street and play your professional career in, with the Bengals. Now on defense, you know, 
remember that exercise I told you that I did two months ago? They gave you a list of 18 of the greatest recent defensive players to play in the NFL. And I built my defense backloaded. I chose three secondary players over, over three, as opposed to rather two players up front. Because I know this NFL is a pass-first league. I want as many players back in my secondary that can cause turnovers and make plays. That doesn't mean that there's not value in edge rushing or a playmaking linebacker. But this is not the NFL of 15 years ago. There is a more of an emphasis on having a strong secondary. You look at secondaries like Tampa Bay. You look at the Rams secondary. Those teams cause turnovers. Like the Rams only gave up 20 passing touchdowns last year. Everyone loves everyone loves to talk about their defensive front. And we all know that in Cincinnati firsthand. But did you know that they only gave up 20 touchdown passes all season? That's because they have a secondary that causes turnovers. Jalen Ramsey, Eric Weddle in the postseason. Jordan Fuller. Nick Scott. They have a very, very talented secondary. And then you think about Tampa Bay, Carlton Davis, and uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., and Mike Edwards, Sean Murphy Bunning. That secondary in 2020 was the reason why that defense was so good on their Super Bowl run. That's why a secondary player is going to make a a high impact. Edge rushing is important to get your defense off the field. But as we saw, look where a great defense gives you. If you have a defense that can rush the quarterback, think about Tennessee last year. Like they have a they had a very good defensive front. We saw that in the playoffs with the Bengals. But that only got them to the divisional round. There the other part the other parts of that defense, I didn't think were that good. And the Chiefs defense, like think about the Chiefs. Their defense was bashed for years. All right, how's 12, four seasons of 12-plus wins and four AFC title game appearances for you? They won a Super, Bowl with, a Super Bowl with a defense that wasn't all that great. They were good, but they weren't world beaters. They weren't 2015 Seattle or 20, 2000 Ravens. There's value in edge rushing to get off the field. There's value in having a playmaker, a linebacker like Darian Beavers. But you look at all the mobile quarterbacks getting away from those edge rushers. You look at all the quarterbacks who get the ball out quick. That puts more emphasis on the secondary. The third and 27 play from Burrow to Chase. Yeah, if there was a good cornerback there, maybe that maybe the result of that play is different. That's why I'm that's why I think Kobe Bryant can make the highest impact. Because he he is a ball magnet. The ball finds him. He is great in man coverage. We saw that. Remember, he won the Jim Thorpe Awards, the best corner, not Sauce, which might be one of the biggest snubs ever. No knock on Kobe Bryant. Or maybe that's a testament to how good the secondary is for Cincinnati. Your best player doesn't win the Jim Thorpe Award, but yet he's going to be the first 
Bearcat in first corner off the board. Another testament as to how historic this weekend's going to be for Cincinnati. Speaking of which, uh, tomorrow, Caroline Fenton, locked on LSU, is going to join me. I'm going to ask her what she thinks about Sauce Gardner versus Derek Stingley. I'm also going to ask her about Corey Kiner. I'm also going to ask her what she thinks about Brian Kelly. And LSU's men's basketball team right now is in turmoil. I'll just say that. Loaded, uh, Loaded guests on this week. Loaded on guests this week. Caroline Fenn tomorrow, Russ Heltman on uh, Thursday, John Garcia Jr. on Friday, um, efforting Chad Brendel and James Rapine so we can maybe get those in there. And then, of course, throughout the offseason, we'll have guests on. And I've got a lot of uh, fun stuff planned for the offseason, which we'll get to in the in the coming months. Up next, though, there uh, the Bearcats landed a transfer in the hardwood, another transfer on the hardwood. And I like... This, this player they got, but I also am still wanting more, not necessarily from this player in particular, but overall in the transfer portal. I'll get into it, but first, I need to tell you about BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest, excuse me, sports developments, league reviews, and news, excuse me again, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. For as much talk around football as there is right now, there's also some uh, developments within the men's basketball program. One of those being a new transfer for the Bearcats, uh, Rob Finnessy from Indiana. I better be pronouncing his name right. Excuse me for not finding that out earlier. But he is a transfer from Indiana, which the very first thing I thought about was, okay, you're getting a Big Ten player from, you're getting a Big Ten player to come to the University of Cincinnati. So he's transferring from the Big Ten Conference to the American Athletic Conference. And this is going to help this player, Rob Finnessy. I can find how to pronounce his name. I'm going to go to the uh, a media guide from last year. Let's see if I can find one. Uh, his numbers in Indiana weren't great. They actually went down after his sophomore season. But I think him coming to a school like Cincinnati is going to help because I think he's going to have more of a role. He's projected to be the starting point guard. He's six foot one. So he could so he's probably going to start alongside David DeJulius, which one thing that I have talked about is having a big physical guard to complement David DeJulius. So I'm going through the pronunciation guide. Oh, am I here? Yes. Rob Finnessy. Boom, I got it. I knew I was smart. Anyway. So my notes on him, he's good. He's very good defensively. The article that Justin Williams wrote in The Athletic talked about how good he is defensively. Um, One of his old former coaches said that he takes defense personally because he wants to prove that he can guard the other team's best player. That's great. And Justin talked about, Justin Williams, the need to restore the toughness, Bearcats' toughness, that has not been in Fifth Third Arena since it's been renovated, really. 
ever since Mick Cronin left. But you get a player from the Big Ten, I don't care if he only played 18 minutes a game last year under Mike Woodson. There's a coaching change. His sophomore season was his best season, averaged over seven points and four rebounds a game. If he can come here into Cincinnati and do that, that's fine. Now, I would like to see a little more from that because this is going to complement David DeJulius, which is something the Bearcats need. But this is more of a get on the defensive end than the offensive end. If you're trying, if you're getting players to fill needs on the defensive end, that's fine. I still, though, want to see some offense. They need some pop from the perimeter. Fantasy is not going to provide you that. So that's why it's still uberly important that they land another player in the transfer portal. Now, I like that they're getting a player from the Big Ten because the Big Ten, and I, and I believe I've said this, the reason why none of their teams get far in the tournament is because they beat every team beats each other up in that conference from the jump. They're exhausted by the time the tournament rolls around because that is a such a physical grind of a conference. Every single game. I mean, teams lose on the road in that conference all of the time. One of Fennessey's biggest moments was a game-winning three he hit against Purdue. Purdue was a top-10 team most of the season. And Indiana knocked them off on their home floor. Uh, Indiana, Indiana knocked them off. Purdue was on the road. It was in Bloomington. Teams lose on the road all the time. The teams that they, on paper, should beat. But this guy was a great player in high school. Scored a lot of points. There's a great story in there about how he was... He was told that he would get moved up to varsity when he proved that the JV that the JV team was too easy for him. All right, he scored 25 points in the first half of his JV game. Next thing you know, he's on varsity. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he scored almost 2,000 points in, in high school. I'm going to confirm that. Went to McCutcheon High School in Lafayette, Indiana. Looking to see if there are... Any stats? Uh, finishes a finalist for Mr. Basketball in Indiana as a senior. Set a program record with 93 wins during a four-year career. Yup, scored more than 2,000 points. Averaged nearly 30 points per game as a senior. And look, I mean, you, you go to Bloomington and you're behind um, Trace Jackson. You're behind whatever. I should know that name too. Um, when you're behind Trace Jackson Davis. When you're playing behind, I mean, that's the main guy right there. So I think him coming to Cincinnati is going to give him an opportunity to show what he can do. He's only got one year of eligibility. But now that he's going to be in a more prominent role, perhaps you can see why he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. And this is coming from the state of Indiana. It was down between Cincinnati and Butler. The fact that he's coming to Cincinnati, leaving his home state for the first time in his basketball career, I think that's huge. Another huge get could be coming. Landers Nolly II from Memphis may be on his way to Cincinnati. Not official yet. But imagine getting someone who has played in this conference before, was a huge piece of Memphis's team last year that made the NCAA tournament, that won a game in the tournament, that had Gonzaga on their heels in the second round. Experience in the conference, experience playing in the tournament, bringing that back to Cincinnati. I've said, this program, there's no excuse. 
not to get to the NCAA tournament next year. Now, I understand they weren't very good this year. But Cincinnati basketball is the standard, and that's to get to the NCAA tournament. There is a standard here within this program, and that's why you're seeing the work they're doing in the transfer portal. It very much reminds me of what the Bengals did in free agency because they knew they were good enough to win. They just had to do the necessary things to build a winning team. They have a fan base in Cincinnati basketball that is a little frustrated right now. But getting a player the caliber of Rob Finnessy and then Kalui Zepke, it's a good start. It really is. Uh, By the way, Bearcats baseball this weekend. So, interesting weekend. They took on a USF team that I don't really think is that great based on their record. They dropped two games. They they dropped the first game 10-9. They were up 8-6 in that game. Won on Saturday and then lost Sunday, 19-5. So, all of a sudden, we look at the American Conference standings. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to spend like a minute or two on baseball, but... It's still an exciting team. I still think they're. I still think their best baseball is ahead of them. They played well early on. I think they'll recapture it come the start of the tournament. But we look at um, the standings right now. Cincinnati's still in fourth, but missing out on an opportunity to be tied for first with the three teams ahead of them: ECU, UCF, and Tulane. They're tied for fourth with Houston 7-5. The good news is they've separated themselves from Memphis and South Florida, even though South Florida just beat them two out of three times. And they still got a lot of baseball left to play. They go to ECU again. They play Memphis. They play Houston. I'm sorry, they don't play Houston. They already played Houston. They play um, Tulane. Did they play UCF? I believe they play UCF too. So a lot of series still left to go. Cincinnati before the conference tournament down in Clearwater. Remaining schedule for Bearcats baseball. I'm just kind of rambling on right now. Uh, still 7-5 in the conference, 17-21 overall. They still play uh, at ECU this coming weekend. That's a Friday through Sunday series. They're at Tulane the next week. The next weekend, that's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. Home against Memphis the next weekend. That's a home series Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then they are on the road at UCF Thursday, Friday, and Saturday before the conference tournament down in Clearwater, Florida, which I may, I am planning to be in Tampa that weekend of the tournament. So hopefully the Bearcats make it that far. Anyway, going to be a great week, as I mentioned, loaded with guests. Caroline Fenton tomorrow locked on LSU. I'm going to ask her, Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley Jr., who would she take first in, off the board of, of cornerback, cornerbacks? I'm also going to ask her about Corey Kiner. Brian Kelly, I'm going to bring that into the conversation, bring him into the conversation. Uh, And the men's basketball team, of course, being in turmoil because we went through that here in Cincinnati last year. I'm going to ask her what it's like from her perspective. Uh, Russ Heltman, uh, by the way, Caroline Fenton, the host of Locked On LSU, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Russ Heltman of AllBearCats.com, Sports Illustrated, back again with me on Thursday on draft day, discussing all things Bearcats in the draft. John Garcia, Jr., Love having him on the show. Love having Russ on the show, too. Uh, He's been great, Russ. John Garcia Jr. has been great as well. Uh, Nice new addition to the podcast network as far as guests are concerned. A lot of people taking advantage on the College Channel, having him on their shows. John will be on with me 
most likely on Friday to more on Bearcats recruiting. We'll try to find some new topic. We'll, actually, we will find some new topics to cover with him. Efforting Chad Brendel and James Rapine, maybe get one or both of them on the show this week. Going to be a great week. A lot of draft coverage, a lot of recruiting. Um, maybe some men's basketball news will drop. I don't know, but going to be a fun week. That is for sure. And hey, thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day today. Now make your second listen locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget, if you're watching this on YouTube, Lockdown Bearcats on YouTube, to subscribe to our channel, like and share a comment on the video. If you're downloading from audio, Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast to like, share, comment, and give it a rating. All of that helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore. You can also follow Lockdown Bearcats on Twitter at LockdownCats. And you can email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. That's all lowercase Alex, Alex, the number three Frank at gmail.com. Thank you again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We're back tomorrow. Caroline Fenton, Lockdown LSU, will join me then. And until tomorrow, I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great rest of your day, and I will be back tomorrow with the lock, the host of Lockdown LSU, Caroline Fenton. Have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you tomorrow.